from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Good morning. Hi, Diego. Where'd you get the orange, man? Bring enough for the class? Huh? Bring enough? You didn't bring enough? I have a feeling it's going to be a little salty this morning. What's the matter, Mr. Sherry Sherrison? You didn't bring enough apple slices for the rest of the kids here in the group? What, what is going on? You know what? No nap time for you today. <laughs> it, is, it is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George, and Diego. <coughs> Over there enjoying his Tropicana products. Tropicana. Did you get that off Grandma's tree? <laughs> he, he is so totally zoned you out. He's just sitting there over there just enjoying it. Look at that. Look. He's, now he's just doing it just to be mean. Now he's just eating them in front of the whole class going, I got ice cream. I got and ice cream. And you just pythoned uh, a Dunkin' breakfast sandwich. Yeah, that was delicious. Thank you so much. Uh, welcome in, everybody. It's a beautiful Saturday morning, a little steamy outside, uh, no rain, which is a good thing. So if you're going to be heading out uh, way offshore to go catch some fish or inshore to catch some fish, it would be a good day to do it. It's a little... Uh, or if you're in Homosasser or anywhere else right now listening to us, scalloping, be careful. Scalloping! Well, I tell you, <clears throat> Bill Burkett last weekend, our good friend uh, took his boys out there. They cleaned house while you guys were out messing around at the... Uh, at the uh, Sportsman's Expo, they went up to Homosassa and did really, really good. They, they cleaned house up there. And they did it the right way. They went up there, got a mess of them, cleaned them right there, took them home, boom, immediately cooked them, bam, ate them. That's the way you do it. Don't put them in the freezer. Don't leave them running around. Don't no, bring them back. No hibachi on the... Uh, oh, that would be awesome to do it that way. Oh, Based I mean, on a little butter and stuff. How hard would it be to have... Ooh. You pre-boil some noodles, okay? Pre-boil some noodles. Go get you your scallops, because technically you are allowed to clean them on the water. It's not like a it's not like a fish, which you can't clean. You For can, now, you can have cleaned scallops. You take some of those, put those noodles in a pan with a little sauce. Throw your scallops in there. A little bit of. Scallop fettuccine. Make you a little, make you a little garlic butter cream sauce to go on there. Yeah, that's too heavy on a hot day. Just stick them on a skewer. Put them over a grill. Anything on a stick tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all good. <laughs> good point. Anything you put don't, on a stick is good. I mean, it's not that save, bad. Save the carb fill up. <laughs> and, but uh, but I, yeah, think about that. Just a little little hey, bit of cooking right want, there. If you want the carb fill up, just fix you up a little cornmeal. Batter them up and fry them, jokers too. They're good that way too. What you never had? Technically, you, you never had them that way. We're getting a little off here because I'm thinking we're on a boat, and now we're going to set up uh, a Cajun fryer, a couple of charcoal grills. Gas You're talking fumes, about me and Bill here. When we get back hey, to the truck. Oh, we'll get back to the truck. I was, they uh, make I'm, they make grills that go in rod holders. Yes, I know that, and okay. uh, and I don't think that I don't think a lot of uh, uh, nautical individuals 
think that that's a good idea, now, especially on inboard outboards. But now if you have an I will outboard, say, technically, according to the law, you have to deduct those from the amount that you bring back. So you have to keep track of the ones you eat. You got to keep track of the ones you <laughs> ate because technically those this are what big, you harvested. Man. How do you keep track of something that's the size of a mini marshmallow? I mean, come on. You could burn through 20 of them without blinking your eyes. Got the yeah. shop back right there. I'm telling you, man. Uh, they need to get base scallops embedded I, somewhere. I can tell you one of my memories is is going all the way up there to uh, go scallop, and then we we rode back in a Suburban shucking <laughs> scallops. <laughs> As you're driving? As we were driving. Note to anybody, Lewis. Not a great idea. If you it left is. one shell, if you left one particle of flesh back there in the back somewhere, in that Florida heat, that's like well, instantaneous I, dumpster. But smell. it's just you—you you have all that smell contained in the vehicle as you're driving down the road. It's just not—it's just not optimal. But at the time, it was a great idea. Well, everything's about <laughs> saving time. Everything. <laughs> If you're going to be sitting Jeez. dead in the water, per se, not being able to do much but ride, you might as well take that time and not have that tacked on the end of your trip. Mm. What are you shaking your head at? That's right. Do it as it you was do it. not the best idea. I, do it as you do it, I guess. <laughs> That's why I'm a shaking my head. Well, they had a good time up there uh, cleaning them up, took them home, cooked them all up for the boys and mama, you know, and uh, had a really good time. How did you guys like your uh, your three day weekend last weekend at the uh, Sportsman's Expo? Had, I had a good time. <clears throat> yeah, I had a good time. Met lots of new friends. Uh, I did pick up uh, one of those uh, calls from Turkey Calls that he brought over. Eddie Salter. Um, yeah, I I picked up one of those. The he, metal top one. I, yes, I yeah. bought I bought the call. There was a couple other people that I met there that purchased those, and he actually autographed them and everything yeah. else for him. It was well, pretty cool. Mine he took. I bought it. He then used it in his demonstration. You know, and then he came back, and I picked it up from him in the booth, and I got a picture with him and me, and even a little short video of him running the call in the booth. So I have it documented of. So this is a in, this call. is an in-game used. <laughs> so he, now, didn't, he didn't I like had bend it for on, I planned a, this this turkey call. I had planned on being a gift for a friend who's going to go to Hawaii with me, so to hunt turkeys. So he's going to go try and help me. He's Surprise. he's well seasoned, so he's he's going to go there and try and help me uh, be successful. Well, that's good. That's so. quite an expensive friend. What do you mean expensive? We're going to Hawaii. Yeah. What's what is that? What is the airfare Hawaii? Sixty bucks? What is it? What yeah. is it now? No. Sixty bucks right. a minute? With, with, with <laughs> bonus points, we could get it down to forty nine ninety five. Oh, good for you. That'd be nice. You have to paddle the rest of the way once we're, you hit the Pacific. We're gonna be there for ten days. So Wow. We're gonna we're gonna stay on two different ends of the island. We're gonna do part of the trip at one end, part of the trip on the other end. Did you say part or party? It's gonna be a little bit of a party. Uh, I got you. Yeah. So Wife's you, going. So My you kids got the, are be, going. Be ready for jet lag from you know where. That's all I can tell you. Well, you know, jet lag. Oh, well, when well, you well, get well, the, the, the time the time change when you get back, I'm telling you, get guaranteed. 
at least five days Just sleep. before you, you get. Do you realize I live in that state almost my entire life? Just yeah. sleep. That's the way I beat jet lag. You just sleep all the way home. You get up and you go back and you're all good. I turn around. I run day and night. I know. But for 10 days, you're not going to be running day and night. I'm telling you. You're going to get a good night's sleep. I might actually get some rest while I'm over there. Yeah, see? Now, uh, this Eddie Salter one that you got, and you're going to give it to someone. I mean, uh, that's a really nice little gift. And if you remember when we talked to Eddie, he said that particular call would be perfect for the turkeys out there in Hawaii. Correct. And is that what uh, that was the deciding factor on why you purchased it or just because it's Eddie Salter's call? It's Eddie Salter's call. That's what I thought. That was just a bonus. Listen. <laughs> that's what I thought. That and was the glaze on top that, of the donut. Did you bring it with you? No. <laughs> it's sitting on a shelf right now. That, that You mean the dash of your truck? That particular call, you got to think, it being with the aluminum top box call, mm-hmm. there's probably not going to be thousands of those out there at some point. Well, there will be now. <laughs> Once it hits the market and becomes a hot item, it doesn't take long for all those other call makers to kind of no, no, fall no. in but, the line. But for him... There's not a lot of those calls Signature that are going to be on series. the market. Well, that's true. Okay. Although, which one? Did, which camo did you get on yours? Because one of the guys I came up, he had like the real old school uh, mossy oak, like the original pine tree. Yeah, I did mossy not get oak. that one. I'm I'm not even sure which one I got, but it it I was really surprised. It's almost like it's printed on there, not not that it's. Um, you know, like a piece of fabric that was stuck to it. Mm-hmm. it was, he he just kills me, though. Eddie's one of those guys. It's like my granddaddy's and probably y'all's and everybody else's. The man's been in the industry for so long, and you figure, okay, he's getting close to retirement. He's going to go enjoy himself. No, he buys a CNC machine and sits no, no. it in his backyard. He, and, yeah, he starts, he making starts making turkey calls. He was enjoying himself. Yeah. And that's the thing that it... it he oh he's told me before he never in, yeah he never he feels like he's never worked a day in his life yeah and, and listening to him talk about you know the various things and making those calls i will say one of the more unique things he had was that chuckle that quote gobble we we would know it as a, like a little squirrel call type like thing jake gobbler but what number is your call do you know i don't remember no because I know, uh, looking on it, there's a limited edition one like that, where they only made 250 of them. Yeah, it's up. It's it's one of those. Wow. All right, we're gonna take a break. ZZ man lost Dusty this past yeah, week. Yeah, bass player easy. man is. We're missing one. Another icon is gone. We're gonna take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by our good friends over Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Spring Gun, 
John Swindle, Bill George, Diego hanging out with you this morning on this beautiful Saturday morning. Well, according to our beloved mayor here in uh, Vanellis County, Mr. Rick Kreisman, for not much longer. Uh, in Pinel- that, mayor Pinellas County? Yeah, well, you know, in St. Petersburg. No, I don't know. Okay, then. I guess Pinellas County or St. Pete. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for the show. You mean, we appreciate are you, you talking about? Uh, you're talking about Baby Newsom. That's what they call him. Yeah, yeah, Rick Christman, the uh, mayor of uh, St. Petersburg. Because he uh, thinks this is California. Apparently, uh, things have calmed down, according to him. Uh, red Tide, as it relates to Red Tide around St. Petersburg, uh, he's announcing no fish kills. Uh, NOAA Marine Forecast is predicting some winds that could push some dead fish into the bay, but they'll stay on top of it, and in and, and that case, uh, we'll get right back at it. So thanks for all the patience. So apparently red tide's over, Bill George? Is well, it, is it the, done? It, inside of the bay, it is greatly reduced. It was offshore, you know. I, they, I, It was funny because I saw on the news or heard on the news the other day about how they were turning around and using shrimp trawlers in Manatee County as an innovative way to start. It's never been done before. Well, Pinellas County was doing that. <laughs> but they're when doing I did it my offshore. Four tra- yeah, but that's what they're doing. They're running out there where these uh, fish kill lines are, and they're turning around and going with that shrimp trawler, picking them up and reducing the amount that actually ever makes it to shore. Yeah, get them before they get to the beach. You don't want to mess it up for the tourists. Come on, Correct. man. I Correct. mean, that's which is which is a good idea. I don't, I don't have a problem with that that at all. It, it was a really innovative way of getting there. I I can tell you how many pounds of dead fish I saw on a shrimp trawler. It was amazing because they have to swing those in and fill up these great big sacks that they lay on the deck, but can't overfill them. So you almost have to stack the stacks so that you get them so far, then lay another one down. Uh, then they bring them in, and a great big crane truck, boom truck, comes and picks them up and dumps them in the dumpster. Nice. You, you talk about that, and for some reason I just can't get that scene out of Forrest Gump out of my mind. But but what you won't find in there is a bunch of dead trout, redfish, and snook. I caught five. Uh, what, do you, what, did you, uh, what did you see... Do you think would be uh, being lifted up out of the waters out in the Gulf of Mexico and put onto the shrimp trawlers? It, it was a bunch of small fish. It's a bunch of small bait type like fish that I saw. Right. So. Well, that's. I uh, haven't made it down to Manatee County, but you know, I'm sure that our agency, beloved agency, namely one person who signs it, the executive director's office turns around and we're probably going to want to start shutting down fishing somewhere else because you know red tides moved well apparently the fish do too because uh you know residents down longboat key were extremely shocked to see that many sharks swimming around in all their canals down there you know it's it's amazing that we talked about it on the show that you know fish they kind of get ahead of red tide and they go where the red tide is not up rivers up streams back in canals all those things like that and it's uh, well of course documented that made the news. in the snook. The snook. Oh yeah. The snook. Snook really start moving to lower salinity areas, the rivers and that, because red tide does not like that salinity. Well, and the other question that I have too is nature, as we always said, nature will take its course, and everything else. And let's face it, we have bull sharks and other 
of that variety in this state. Has anyone ever stopped to think that with these fish that are getting kills, like you said, is a lot of bait fish and trash fish, if you want to use that terminology for people and all that. I mean, who's to say, uh, last time I checked, predators are just as much scavengers as they are predators. So, you know, who's to say that they're not getting in there and uh, doing a little cleanup of their own? I'm just saying. Well, I'm sure they are. It it is amazing because you don't see a lot of uh, seagulls and other pelicans go out there scooping these fish up. So it kind of makes you wonder, do they really know that that, that's not the highest uh, desirable thing? You know, like I am. It's just like Cody's or anything else. A free meal is a free meal. (laughs) A free meal is a free meal. Just up, here, up to a point. Eat yeah, around yeah. the bad spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, well, you know, it's what it's one of those things where, <clears throat> sure, I'm sure there was some predation all this stuff at the beginning, but, of course, once it becomes a huge, nasty, rotting carcass, then for the nah, most part, good. Yeah. most part, you know, it's, you know, even seagulls, you know, get to a point where they're like, yeah, I'll pass on that one. I'm Even the buzzards, gonna, leave it alone. Not going to do that kind of deal. So it is, uh, it's still, in my opinion, it's still going on. Uh, when you look at the drone footage and things like that that they're showing offshore, there's some pretty good lines of red tide out there. So, <clears throat> you know, it's it's that time of year. It's going to be here. It, it is what it is. What, what was amazing, you talk about drone footage and, I heard Manatee talking about Manatee County was talking about how this is the first time they've used the drones from the air, and they have a cleanup going on the land, and they have the fit, shrimp boats out there cleaning them up there, and how they use that. But yet, when FWC put on the Snook Symposium, they were talking about how at one point they were starting to use drones to do look at some stuff, and then. Some for some reason that was shut down and they were not allowed to use those anymore. Mm. So it, it, it's like, where can you use them? Where can you not? You would think if you're out there investigating and trying to find stuff, you know, for somebody like FWC, that would be that would be a very valuable thing. I'm sorry, I, don't they use them for law enforcement purposes I, and things I, like I that? Would, yeah, so, they can to an yes. extent. Uh, you know, I mean, they can fly around and take a look at things. Uh, and uh, be up there at a uh, thousand feet where you can't see anything, and they can zoom. Can't right in. see and can't hear. Yeah, I it's mean, amazing that little one I have. It is amazing how you just once it gets up so high, you just don't hear it. No, and no, it, you don't hear. And it And the pictures that I can take, whoo! It's just you can blow it in. I I turn around. I, I had put, fun with that thing out in the front of the radio station. Don't go skinny dipping in Bill yeah. George's neighborhood. Carlos <laughs> Carlos was still telling the story of how he was laughing. At the look on my face when you took it up there and started going up there, and then there was a hawk flying around, and he was just waiting for the hawk to go hit it. I wanted to see that sucker attack it. That would have been awesome. <laughs> well, they they do have where you could set a limit. I have a height limit set on mine. Y'all so. have a warranty oh, for bird attacks. Well, I, I build, the look on Bill George's face when I went. I'm going to go fly this thing over my house and see what it looks like from up there. Uh-oh. Bray, 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 the guy. Hey, you, like, you like my new jet ski? Yeah, let me see it. The, the thing is, it could do it. Well, I know it could. I mean, uh, they're amazing uh, devices. They are, and I don't understand why they aren't using them every single day. 
to track it and do all that stuff. No, we have to rely on uh, Eagle 8 to get up there and hover uh, burning uh, 20 gallons an hour to <laughs> take pictures of red tide lines out on the beach when uh, you could have other agencies out there just send but, it off and go up there, check it but, out, do what it does, track it, and then bring it back. But we might miss the sound of the chopper. Oh. That's true, and then the news agencies. Are you, so, so are you, what you're saying is, is that you might the people need to have forewarning that something somebody might be watching or looking. Or? Oh no, the the people should be knowing that law enforcement does use drones. Yes, they do. They do, and they don't have to be anywhere near you, even offshore. They can go take a look at stuff. Oh yeah. Hey, it's like the story you guys talk about that. It's just like Dad with the thing that they did at Warner with their ag program. They have a drone program that they can go out and map your pastures and everything else. I mean, they have drones that are so good that they can go out and tell guys if they have cows that are bred. I mean, if they're pregnant what? or not. Yes. How, oh, yes. What, what from the different the heat signature or yes. something? Yeah, the, the infrared cameras on them and everything else. I mean... Dad had they had a group come out there and map out the ranch, and literally they walked out, set the drone down, flipped the laptop open, and went hit the button, and you saw and walked over to the cooler, popped the drink. Ten minutes later, here comes the two drones back, land right here in front of you. Everything's completely mapped. Now you know why uh, Fish and Wildlife doesn't want anybody being able to use drones for hunting purposes whatsoever. We're, so, we're not in this state. <sighs> I'm just saying that they don't like, uh, the, uh, they don't like don't, it. I have a problem with that. Uh, and uh, I know we've talked about it before. I don't see any difference in the drone going out there and remotely viewing what's there as opposed to a modern-day fish finder. They can turn around. They could look at any fish that's anywhere in the proximity in the water column. You know, what? Where is where is that drone more of a mechanical advantage than that fish finder? Well, it goes back to the conversation me and you had when he was out in Louisiana and we talked about Arizona outlawing game cameras. Yeah. What's, I mean. No, for hunting. Well, that's yeah, but that's but what not I mean. for observation. Well, you, a game camera to me is observation. Well, well and, uh, we always talked about game cameras, and I remember when they first came out, and they talked about the fact that you have ones now that will send pictures directly to your phone uh, when something walks in front of it, or you can watch live feeds and all that other stuff. And everybody was freaking out about it because they said somehow it was a disadvantage to the animal and the advantages to the hunter. And I said, well. <clears throat> that's the way it's supposed to be. That's why we have this thing called a brain, and we have technology, and we work on getting better. God at what put we us do. at the top of the food chain for a reason. But my problem was, I said, "Who else going to be at work at one o'clock to get a text? Look at the size of this ten point." And all of a sudden, it's like, "I got to go." And by the time you get your stuff, get in the car, get Medical loaded, emergency. drive out there, get out there, and drive to where you think the deer is going to be. But he ain't we'll there talk no more. about this right after. All right, we're going to take a fast one, you guys. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be right back.
Bill Bill's back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you so much for getting out here and joining us today. If you're going to go out and do some stuff, uh, you don't have to worry about too much rain going on today. It's going to get a little hot right now. Waking up, uh, relative humidity feels like it's 100%, but it's around 85 a little bit, of, A little bit of movement in the pine trees here. Not, not much, much. Not much at all. That's what's going to be one of those days. And this is one of those days where I know it sounds very repetitive, but... You have to hydrate on days like today because just being outside, you are losing so much, so much water. Yes. I remember uh, talking to my doctor after the second kidney stone, and I was going, dude, why, why am I getting these things? What, What is going on? He said, you born and raised here? I was like, well, I wasn't born here, but I was raised here, and uh, it's all good. He said, you got to remember that for Floridians... People who've lived here for dang near their whole lives, they live literally in a perpetual state of dehydration. Mm-hmm. They don't drink enough water when they're indoors hiding in the air conditioning and it's sucking all the moisture out of you. You don't drink enough water when you're outside and it's sucking all the moisture out of you. And the problem is with Floridians is we get to the point where you just stop being thirsty. It's you know, like an outboard. You just stop being thirsty. You, you, you need to be like an outboard. If you're not peeing... Something's, Something's not right. <laughs> <laughs> You're smoking. Yeah, I'm gonna blow a head gasket. Uh, I, you know, and I and I thought about the, what he what he said, and I was like, well, you know, that makes a lot of sense because as a kid running around here, we, you may occasionally stop and hit the side of a gas station and suck a gallon and a half out of the garden hose and then keep going. Yeah. But going out on the boat, stuff like that for the day, we never packed a cooler. Well, we didn't, you know, throw drinks yeah. in a bag. We didn't do it. We just went. You you, uh, you were saying something that your son is fixing to start doing. Oh yeah, I tried to warn the him. Break and yeah, that's Saturday. where I learned about but hydration. Yeah. <laughs> well, but before the break, we were talking about the, the game cameras. Hang on a second. This is important. B okay. start. B starts uh, football practices on Monday. B's gonna play football. <laughs> yeah. So in I which told, league? Uh, high school. He's gonna be playing high school ball. So I just said. Dude, what the military tells you is the truth. What you drink today, you'll use tomorrow. So on Saturday and Sunday, you need to be drinking water, lots of it. And as you and just not said, just water. Gatorade, get some Gatorade, get some. You need the salts. You need all the other good stuff. You, you I said you've you come a to, long way. You need to find a way to turn around and have some of the old players come and give them a little tips. Well, I can get Yoder, especially on hydration, because every halftime in his entire life, he had to go in and get two bags. It didn't matter if they were playing in Green Bay at 13 degrees or if it was 110 down on the field. at. uh, What position is he looking to play, Uh, or does he he know? He wants to play defense, but we'll see. Everybody wants to play defense. Well, either that or I said uh, you wouldn't go out for tight end. I mean, you got the height and the the shoulders for tight end, and – as anybody says, I'd rather hit than be hit. So he's got a brain. Put him at center. <clears throat> that's what I told him. I said, "Dude, longest career in the history is long snappers, dude." <laughs> no center. Start. I mean, like center. center or center or long snapper. I mean, you you know, you last forever. You get a twenty year career if you're a decent long snapper. I remember Allstott used to say, "Dude, I should have been a long snapper." Those guys, <laughs> they make good money and they play forever. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I mean, you play forever. Anyway, during the break, we were still continuing our conversation about uh, 
<clears throat> the red tideish and all that kind of good stuff. Continue. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt but you. But I, I know we, before the break we were talking about the game cameras, and you said nobody's going to leave their work and turn around and do that. But that's not all what it is. People nowadays they could be sitting in a tree stand, and they could have cameras in, in various places around them, and then boom, here's a picture. Oh, that's a south camera. Let me turn around because. I can't tell you how many times as a hunter you catch just enough of a glimpse of something that you really don't have a, enough time to capitalize on it. But had you been turned that way, you would have been able to catch that sooner. And that's that's some of what these cameras do. I mean, they, they literally have the ability to do that. When, when I got started back in the, the days, you had a trail timer, which was basically a stopwatch that sure. when you pulled the pin on it, it would stop, and so you would know what time you put it. You had one trip on on a trail that you could get that set. That something tripped. That something tripped. Yeah, you didn't know if it was a deer or a coyote or yeah. a squirrel or whatever it was. But, but uh, it allowed you to see trails that were kind of active and what time things were moving. But now you turn around, that camera sends you a picture to your phone in real time. And if, if you're out there in the woods, it's like Jonathan can be sitting in guiding for pigs, and he can turn around and say, oh, pigs are at stand five right now. Let's get on the buggy right over to stand five, and we'll, we'll get them. I don't see anything wrong with that, I, especially when it comes I to hogs. I can see where some people say it is a little bit of an advantage. I, when it comes to pigs, I don't care what you do as far as give me every advantage know. I can get. I don't, yeah. I don't, anytime you have new technology like that, uh, for the most part, you get away with it for a while, and then uh, Fish and Game comes up and but, says something, and then they poo-poo it, and it what, goes away. I mean, what, that was like walkie-talkies with in Missouri. You could not use a walkie-talkie <clears throat> to alert Bill George across correct. the way and go, Same hey, in Pennsylvania. hey, there's a couple of bucks running down the fence line heading your way. Well, so they all had to use code. They would be like, hey, uh, you want me to bring you a couple of donuts and maybe some coffee? Uh, well, uh, it's getting kind of cool. Yeah. See, here, here, here <laughs> was always code. my rebuttal for that, being as a f person who grew up running dogs and everything else. Uh, to me, I think that's irresponsible on the law side because you should be able to, uh, okay, great. You're using it to tell them, hey, there's a 10-point walking towards you. But here's also the other way you got to look at that is you're telling him or I'm telling you that that's not my kid walking through the woods and we have accidental shootings and, oh, hey, I'm malarkey. not. I'm just, everybody <laughs> wants to be devil's advocate and put it out there, but I'm just saying, am I wrong? You never know. How saying, many, how you many don't people know if it saved had, a life or not. How many, how many people have we had shot in management areas and everything else, turkey hunting, because, I mean, in the heat of the moment, people, oh, the brush is moving, bow. Yeah. I mean that's yeah that's to bad. Me, home, you that's think bad that person training. is still going to turn around and I, listen to a radio? No, that person's still going to shoot the brush no matter what. But and shouldn't be out there in the begin should, with. Shouldn't I'm, be out there. That's with bad. The that's bad home but training. When what, that. What if? What if we said that modern gun or general gun as we had it, where you can use all the kind, mm -hmm. you know, nice little nuances of. Uh, modern technology. What if you could use them just in modern gun? But when it comes to your primitive seasons, archery 
and muzzleloader, what would what would you feel about not being able to use modern technology in primitive sessions? What do you mean by modern technology? You mean the trail cameras, cameras and trail cameras, going back laser to the beams? Old, yep, things that you can't already mm-hmm. use. You know yeah. those kinds of things like that. I. I don't see I, at archery. You're I, already at a disadvantage. I, so why would you? Well, if anything, you would be able to gain a little bit more of an advantage, especially during archery season. I, I I'm one of those people that I look at it just like this. I uh, love and agree with you on the fact of the old challenges of flintlock muzzleloaders, you know, longbows, recurves, stuff like that. That's fine, but to me, and I look at this from another way. I guess you could say, like Braden said, with doing the guiding and everything else now, from an efficiency standpoint, I I think sometimes we get lost in a lot of it. If it's going to make you better or it's going to make people more successful, I'm all for it because a lot of times, and let's face it, like you said, we run daylight till dark, so there's a lot of times people – have a very small window to be in the woods. And, and I will I will say I mean <laughs> I will say in recent years things like laser sights on bows have come up at the commission meetings and I have been very supportive of doing that. I don't I don't see if if it can if it can minimize error and minimize any makes you more ethical as as much as possible so, Increase the the percentage of lethal shots and yeah. minimize a non lethal shot. I I don't see a problem. Well, with it. if you combine the two things that you guys were just talking about, the problem is is when it comes to archery and especially muzzleloader as well. You got to remember that in the days when you're talking about the days of yore, when you had a muzzleloader or a bow, you had all day and ten billion acres to cover. You could walk all day. You didn't run into anybody else. You didn't have to worry about a guy in a tree stand over on the other side. You didn't have to worry about running into uh, a camp somewhere out in the middle of nowhere unless it was some Paiute Indians or something out there that were doing the same thing you were doing. And you had all the time in the world to go out and do what you had to do. And if you took all day to go walk around with a muzzleloader, you made camp, you did whatever, and you continued on to the next day. Nowadays, people live lives where, you know, you only got a certain amount of time to go hunt. You're in an area that's now been squeezed down to 2,000 acres, 5,000 acres. And I know 20,000 acres sounds like a lot, but not when there's uh, 360 people you in got, there. You got guys I that mean, hunt it's, it's, 40 acres. Yeah, and, I mean, you don't, and you don't have the ability to. When I was a kid and we would go up to like places like Gulf Hammock and Tide Swamp You'd get on tram one in the middle of the week. You'd go up there on a Monday or a Tuesday when there was no in the woods, and you had the whole place to yourself. And you could walk all day, and you could still hunt the old-fashioned way. You could walk with your 30-30 and hookey-dook through the woods and find places. I don't think in some of those places you can walk. Uh, Some of those places are so treacherous, you may be crawling all day. Well, I mean, there were no – don't get me wrong. There were times where we literally had to swim from one side to another. I mean, and – but but you had all the time in the world to do it, you know. You didn't have to worry about getting back in time for uh, taking little Jenny to soccer practice or uh, pick up your kid from football practice at five o'clock or you know things like that. I maximizing think that your opportunities. Technology helps you to also maximize your time. So when you get there, 
you get out, you do your thing, you enjoy your time, you get her done, and you get back home, and you continue on with life. That's uh, the only thing I can tell you. No. You can't go wander around even on BLM property anymore like you used to. Anyway, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Bill, George, Diego. If you want to chime in, you know you're always welcome. It's 888-404-1010. It's 888-404-1010. We're hanging out. Wait for you to call if you want to. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is the Big Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Bill George hanging out with you this morning. Okay. Bill left the room, but Jonathan and I were continuing the okay. conversation I, after but, you yeah, left. Like, well, like I was going to say, coming back, and I said this to Bill when he we got up and we went on, just went on the break, I'm weird in the fact that, like I just said to you, I don't mind having – I have illuminated reticles on my rifle scopes and all that. But I don't. You can't trust, shoot in the dark. I don't trust the uh, you, with an elusive wildlife light. Yes, you can. Are, are, are um, you, are for hogs, it's great. People shooting deer in the dark. No, I'm shooting hogs at night. It's not. It's illegal to shoot deer at night, Bill. Yeah, Bill. Jeez, you think you'd know? <laughs> but that. he has one of those <laughs> time stretchers. But it's like we were just having that conversation, you know. And I told Braden when you walked out of the room. I have micro dots and stuff, red dots and stuff like that in my rifle scopes because if that battery or if I'm the idiot that leaves it on or if the battery fails, okay, I've still got a crosshair. My only issue I've had with some of these new sites they've come out with in the last couple years, yeah, it's great. And like I, it's like we were saying, can it make you more proficient and make you more ethical? And you just squeeze the button and the dot comes up and you shoot the dot and everything else. That's great. But it's like I told him, I'm that guy, and probably you, I know you mean you, you've had this conversation before too, that I don't want to be that guy that draws back on the largest buck of my life and I go to hit that button and, oh, I forgot to charge it or it ain't there, working. there's a malfunction of some sort and it's like, uh, <laughs> where's my dot? Where's my dot? Where's my dot? Because... I would be that guy. <laughs> that's why you got to go with something like uh, Hollow Sun or something that's, you know, it's uh, Shake Awake and, uh, you know, charges with uh, solar, you know, kind of stuff too that mm-hmm. helps out a lot. But uh, I've, I've no. always, I've never, I've never desired to have a red dot or anything like that. I know with people, uh, you know, putting them on pistols uh, with the MOSs and things like that and, uh, red dot on scopes. Well, uh, I've just I've never been a fan of them. You know, I will t- tell you, on my turkey gun, I have the EOTech on there, and I have that on there because when I went through the transition, I was wearing glasses. I wasn't wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. I was wearing cheaters. I was, you know, I went through a period where I couldn't see my sights, but I could see the turkey. Or if I put on my cheaters, I could see. The sights, but uh, the turkey wasn't clear. And so I went through this whole phase where I didn't pull the trigger many a times when I I know I had the bird dead to the rights. I just couldn't commit to saying, 
I was going to make a perfectly clean, ethical kill, and so I, I'd let the turkey walk. And when I put that EOTech on there, my vision issues were no longer. I could pull that gun up, quick sight acquisition, put it on there, squeeze Handle the trigger, your business. And, and go pick up my turkey. Well, yeah. that is one of the benefits of, of the red dot is that's why it's so proficient in the, in the military these days because you're making a snap decision and you're having to bring that weapon up in, a, in an instant, put a dot on there, and fire. It's a lot different than trying to get crosshairs or uh, do your windage well, or anything. That's for snipers. For anybody else who's going to, you know, snap it up there and, and somebody pops a head up and you got to take a shot at them, Red Dot is great for that. Yeah. And, but I'm also thinking of, of distances, and especially in the state of Florida, when people ask me and they <laughs> you ask. mean usually 50-yard shot? No. <laughs> yeah. I said it depends on what you're going to do. If you're going to be out just sitting in a tree stand and uh, you're going to be shooting around a feeder, maybe uh, 50 to 100 yards, dude, get a red dot. Get a red dot, put the dot on there, and do your deal. But if you're going to be where one day you're sitting there at 50 yards, and then the next day the guy comes out and goes, man, let's go out here. You need to hunt the bean field. Them suckers are out there at the in the mornings, and you may get a 200- or 300-yard shot. Then you need something with a little more magnification and be able to to see it and use it. And you also have to determine your dot size because you get something that's two MO to MOA and all of a sudden you put it on a deer that's 200 yards away, there ain't no deer anymore. Yeah, It's just a big red dot. You don't see it anymore, with, especially with no magnification. Wow. So when people ask me, I said, if you're going to hunt in Florida, start at 2. Mo. I said, go to a 2 to 10, 2 to 8. If you can find a 2 to 10 or something like that, that way 2 power all the way down if you're shooting 50 yards. And if you get out where you're shooting farther – you have the range that you're comfortable magnifying and getting out there and doing it. Well, and it's like the scopes, like the girls. You've seen the AR that the girls shoot. It's got a VXR or loophole VXR on it, which the VXR has, like you said, it's the small little red dot is right in the middle of crosshairs. And I don't know if the, it holds water or not with the way the statement I'm about to make, but I've noticed with, especially with Ava and Allie, I started them out with that because it's just like what Bill said. It was easier for them to when that they shouldered the rifle, they looked through the scope, boom, they could go right to that dot, and it's right in the middle of the crosshairs. Yeah, I can turn that dot off, and now they still can boom, and they go right to their looking center of the scope. That's because their brain's been trained to put those that the center of the crosshairs where it needs to be. But like, well, and it's like you said though too, in a hunting situation, the uh, I think it's good, too, because of what you said. There's certain times, like with your turkey situation, there's certain people, skill levels are different and everything else, and it's just like what you said, especially with me with the outfitting side of things. People, it's making things easier or making things more proficient and making opportunities easier. Like Bill said, if your vision starts to go, which uh, happens to Uh a lot, does your EOTech have any magnification at all? Is it a two or a four or anything? So, so it's just straight out. I think out. you got. You got one like I got, too. See, yeah. now, like with, with my scope on my rifles, the good thing about them is if you if you wear glasses uh, and you have an adjustable rear where you can actually not have to wear your glasses, because mm-hmm. I can see far fine. It's just when you get up close and uh, it's right in front of your eyes, it's a little bit difficult. So what I do is I set my scope up just the same thing as my glasses would be. So when I if I put it up all the way, if I screw it all the way down, like for normal vision, 
it's blurry. You can't see anything. But I can move it out to where it's crystal clear to my eye. So I can see it far away, put it up, bang, boom, bang. It's like wearing my glasses. It's no big deal. So I don't have to wear them. I could, but then I'd have to change it. And, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. I'd rather have my glasses off, be able to shoot, do what I think, and, and go to town on it. But the other thing about the red dot I was going to bring up is uh, for a lot of people, it can be distracting if you're not used to it, especially somebody who doesn't realize that where that red dot is doesn't mean that if the gun's cantered a little bit or anything like that, that it would be off. Once that red dot's set, it's pretty much set, like on your EOTech. And um, the thing is, is I think a lot of people think because it's cantered or offset or anything like that, that they're not going to hit. So they don't want to do it. They don't they don't go with a red dot. But like if I was hunting, my daughter was hunting with that 44 mag, I'd love to be able to get, I'm going to get a little hollow sun red dot to put on there for the same reasons why Jonathan put it up for his. So you can just put it up, put the dot where you want it to be, bang, boom. Because, dude, she's only going to be shooting maybe 100 yards at the most, at the most. Keep it simple. Yeah, and uh, if it's far away, I'm going to be like, hey, you want to be brave? Here's the 270. Take a whack. <laughs> take, take your shot. Well, and in Otherwise, situations like that, it's like I've, I've had this argument with people several times, crossbows and stuff like that. If you're – I know people who have younger kids and stuff that, that are starting out bow hunting, they take a crossbow with them because it's just like I said, there are certain situations – they're only going to get so many days in the woods, and they're only going to get so many opportunities. And, you know, the kid can be proficient and shoots great at 20 yards. Well, like you said, they go hunt a food plot that's a possible – they might have a possible 40- or 50-yard shot. I'm that guy that does not have one iota of a problem with a dad taking his kid out and, okay, you can't, you can't make that shot with your bow here give them the crossbow and they have the ability to take the shot. I mean, I've said it many times, the crossbow, uh, it, it really, really helps open the window into the archery side. Thank you for our youth and our older people who yes. cannot hold a bow back. Yeah. And, and I, it, it does not dramatically increase the harvest rate nope. of, of the game. So if somebody wants to turn around and not put in the hours and hours it takes to to really become really proficient uh, with holding a bow back, building up your endurance and everything else, the bows nowadays are fairly easy to pull yes. back a modern bow, but to hold it, wait for that shot. It, sometimes a deer steps behind a tree, you get to draw. And it it may feel like ten minutes before yeah. that deer stops out, steps out, and and it's usually two or three, yeah. but it, it just feels like forever. Even with all the let, well, and that's like me last year. There were several times. I don't care about let off. Let me tell you, if I tell you just to hold your arms out oh, with yeah. no bow in it, after a couple minutes, well, no, it yeah. gets tiring. So, well, you're holding up. You're holding five to eight pounds up, like you said, static for. But like me last year. That's why I don't bow hunt. Well, but like me last year with all of my health issues and everything else, there were times that I started shooting again and I started to feel good, I guess you could say, and I almost went hunting, bow hunting, but I didn't because of 
what you just said. I didn't feel like I was where you needed to needed be. to be. But it's like one of the Lurk boys that hunts with Drury the other day said it best, and it he hit the nail on the head just like Braden did. I got soccer practice for this one. I got football practice for that one. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. My time in the woods is limited, so I started hunting with a crossbow. And he's like, frankly, I don't care what you think about me because this is my way of getting in the woods. So have at it, boys. That's the way I look at it. I'm with you on that one, man. <laughs> Bring back hand grenade hunting. All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> Top of the hour. It's a big and wild outdoors. Hour number two is right around the corner. at least six inches. Six inches or longer. Yeah. It has to have at least a five-second fuse. And, uh, yeah. All right, we're going to take it fast when you guys will be back. Hang in there. We'll be doing something.